0: And welcome in once again. This is Backlash on the radio voice of Kutztown University KUR. 4 p.m. on the East Coast. I'm your host, Mitchell Smedley. That is Josh Toot to my left. And we are here for yet another hour of all the best in Philly sports talk. So much to get into. We got Whit Merrifield. The Phillies making a move there. Uh, We got spring training. First full squad day of uh, practice. and, And all the guys down in Clearwater, Florida. We'll get into all that. Uh, and the Flyers, with a uh, disappointing showing in the stadium series over the weekend. But first, Mr. Toot, how you doing on this fine Monday?
1: Not bad. Uh, I just took a test. Didn't do so took well. A test, okay. Didn't do so well. Got a 73. But hey, no, that's better than a 0. Yeah, it's better than a
0: 0. That's better
1: than a 72.
0: You gave it your best. and You're uh,
1: right. Uh, yeah. And it, it's one of the classes I have struggled in for years. So. Oh, really? What? Sa- same professor. What so. sort of subject? Um, special ed. So. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So yeah. yeah, you want to be a
0: teacher there. Forgot yeah, yeah, I, I I do. Yep. So awesome. well,
1: but uh, I, I'm glad I'm glad that uh, spring training full full squad workouts started today. That was the that's
0: my high and low for the day. Nice. Yeah, uh, just like the Phillies, you'll get them next time. So great to have you with us once again. Uh, totally appreciate Josh uh, producing and uh, giving his thoughts throughout the day. I want to start with this. Um, I know it's not Philly sports, but I love. The Daytona 500, and it is just about to kick off. They're doing the opening ceremonies right now. Got rained out yesterday. I'm a big, uh, I, I like following NASCAR, and I know it's not popular, but I just had to get off uh, that off my chest. Josh, I'm interested in your thoughts. I think the Daytona 500, even if you don't like racing, one of the coolest spectacles in sports. Uh, all the culture that surrounds it, just the the energy. If you've ever. Um, been to a race I haven't it's on my bucket list especially a race like Daytona all the people camping out for the entire weekend beforehand uh, all the tailgating that goes on um, just all of the festivities surrounding it they always have live music uh, you know I know Pitbull has performed a couple times there some some big names uh, even some uh, some country music stars that I, I enjoy watching and everything so it's really a, more of an experience rather than just a single event. And once you get to the actual racing, I mean, have you ever watched it, Josh? All the pack racing at these super speedways, just these cars going 180 miles an hour bumper to bumper for three hours straight. The skill that people don't understand involved in, in NASCAR racing, especially at a super speedway. They think you're just going fast and left. Well, you're going really fast, and uh, you're you're riding a bumper right in front of you, and you're trying not to crash, and you're trying to pass. It's it's so intense. You it, at it, all into racing, Josh? i I prefer watching more dirt racing than okay. NASCAR,
1: but um, y- you know, all I gotta say is, you know, the most, the four most powerful words in all of sports: drivers, start your engines. Start your engines. I love just that. Th- something about that is powerful, and Isn't I mean, it? I mean, the Daytona, the Daytona 500 is, is really cool, and I I watch it once in a while myself. If it's nice. on, I'll, I'll watch it. Um, but I'm I'm more of a type of guy that I like. You know, watching a race at either the Thunderdome or Dover. I like. Oh,
0: okay, you like Dover.
1: I, I I like the short tracks because there's a lot more. S- well, you'd like Bristol then. Yeah, th- yeah, the Thunderdome. Oh, is that
0: is that called the Thunderdome? Well, yeah,
1: I because it's, it's it's there's no like gaps in between like the oval the oval it's yeah like, yeah with yeah. seats. I didn't know so that's it's, what they it's, it's, it. re- it's it's really loud. Maybe I'm an idiot. <laughs> that's it, also it, possible. It's really loud. It's obviously really loud there. And oh, yeah. If you I, ever I,
0: go, I think my dad's been, someone I know has been to Bristol, and they said it's just loud, just noise well, constantly. Well, there, there's nowhere for the noise to go. Right. So and also, like, on those short tracks, the cars spread out enough that they surround the entire track. Like, there's always a car going by in front of you, wherever you're sitting. So, so and, like, the the strategy that's involved in that. To of with, course.
1: To, like, with the Daytona 500, there's obviously a good amount of strategy, but I think. W- there's with- tons of strategy,
0: and there's a ton of luck, too, with, with pack oh, racing. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if the guys in front of you get in a crash, there's no... No time for you to change course. Dirt racing, uh, it's kind of different. You know, sort of, uh, you see guys win that race coming across the line sideways. Like, it gets really intense. My buddy, uh, the guy I root for, Joey Logano, actually won the first uh, Bristol Dirt Race um, when they did that just a couple years back. Up in Bristol, correct? Yeah, Bristol. Yep. Yep. Bristol Dirt Race. So... Yeah, this isn't a NASCAR show, but I figured I'd mention that because it is something uh, awesome going on in sports culture, in American culture, and, uh, you know, over here in Mitchie culture. I love the Daytona 500, so hopefully I can get home uh, after Backlash and then after two hours of heavy hitters. And uh, maybe catch the final few laps. So there's always some uh, sort of excitement, delays with cautions and everything with the Daytona. It's such a fun event if you ever get the chance to sit down and watch it. And you can just get past the fact that they're just turning left a bunch. So
2: uh,
0: on to the actual discussion. There's always something to be upset about in Philly sports. And I want to start off with what I'm upset with this weekend. And uh, that's the poor showing that we saw from our Philadelphia Flyers over the weekend Saturday night at MetLife Stadium, they played uh, the Flyers in the Stadium Series once again. I believe it's their sixth game, tied for the most in the league. Six Stadium Series games and uh, yet another loss. The Flyers are now 1-4-1 and in their six Stadium Series appearances. I will say, their one win, oh my goodness, made up for it. Uh, back in 2018, an overtime win at the Link, at the link against yeah, the Penguins. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That was unbelievable. One of my favorite sporting games, like one of my favorite sports games I've ever watched, period, uh, with the Flyers being down 3-1 to one, with uh, three minutes to go in that game. And Wayne Simmons came up clutch in overtime, correct, to score the winning Claude goal? Claude Giroux. Giroux came up clutch. Didn't Simmons get a goal, though? Uh, Simmons had an assist and a fight in the first period. So he was all over the place. That was uh, his last season with the Flyers. I I, I miss Wayne Simmons. Yeah, I, I don't know why I thought that then, but yeah. No, nope. and, and I I mean... It's okay. It, it, it. I forget who scored the first, I want to say Konechny scored the first goal. I'm not... I'm really... Uh, I could be wrong on that one, but uh, the goal to tie it was Jake Varacek off the faceoff. Just threw it toward the net, and uh, it went in with 16 seconds to go, and Giroux carried on in the overtime period. Um, but this is uh, not the same game. This game was a little less fun for Philly fans. It started off very early on. The Devils tallying a goal just 32 seconds into the game. And it was uh, downhill from there. 2 nothing at the end of the first period. Owen Tippett would net his 20th goal of the season to draw the Flyers within one. In a second period where the Flyers really dominated play after getting absolutely outmatched. Um, it seemed that uh, they, they came out. Thanks to Tortorella's coaching in the first intermission with some new skating legs on them. And they were hitting guys, they were getting up on the forecheck, they were controlling time of play. But uh, just the one goal until the Devils scored yet another 3-1 to uh, and then 4-1 to in very quick succession in the waning minutes of the second. However, Owen Tippett wasn't done. He got his second goal of the period to bring it back to just a two-goal deficit ahead of the third period. Um, and then the uh, the Devils would tack on yet another. Nick Seeler scored his first goal of the season in the third, but it was too little, too late. Devils with an empty net goal iced this one. Final score, 6-3, to three, New Jersey, and really a pathetic showing for two out of the three periods um, and, and even lost the scoring battle, the scoring edge, I should say, that they had in the second period late there. Josh, you said you watched this game, right? I know you're not a huge hockey fan, I you checked I, in.
1: I, I did. Yep. Um What
0: stuck out to you in terms of uh, how the Flyers were able to get outmanned like that? Because the Flyers are a physical team under Tortorella, and they didn't look like it on the big stage.
1: So before I get into the couple points I want to make, we do have a KOR notebook, Uh, so I'm going to take this second second to read that. Bring it on! Attention KU community. Want KUR at your event? No problem. Go to www.kutztown.edu slash KUR find live events remotes. Read the reminders and fill out the form. Our promotional director or an ABOR member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks notice to even consider your event. No exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. So... I mean, watching that game, I mean, it, I, I knew there was probably going to be a good chance that Philadelphia would probably not get back in it, or it would be really tough. I mean, going down 2 yeah, nothing. Yeah, once you were down
0: 2 nothing, it two, felt like... 2
1: nothing at, at, at the end of one. I mean, that's... that's... It, well,
0: it's not that unheard of, but it was the way that New Jersey went up 2 nothing. right? They controlled the entire first period. I mean, there were they were... Hardly any scoring chances for the Flyers. The Philadelphia Flyers, I mean,
1: had nothing to show for themselves in that first period. They, they looked awful.
0: Looked really bad.
1: Uh, I mean, it was it was it was terrible. I mean, and, there's and no other way to like, say uh, it.
2: The,
0: the first goal, I know it was a breakaway, um, but I I thought Arison, who I've been very high on the rookie, the rookie goaltender for the Flyers, I thought that you know that's a shot he's handled. He's handled much worse than that, and uh, it just kind of trickled through his legs. It wasn't the best breakaway finish, uh, but it still got through him. I, I thought it wasn't the best game for Arison. Uh, obviously, allowed the five goals. But you know, this snapped a five-game point streak for the Flyers, where I thought the goaltending was uh, not up to par, uh, to where it had been before the All-Star break. Arison, uh, ever since Carter Hart has gone out on his uh, indefinite leave of absence, hasn't looked really the same. Maybe he's struggling with being the premier guy.
1: No, I definitely do do agree with you there, Mitch. I mean, it, it was it was a bad game, all the way around, and I. I mean, I hate to put the blame on, on him, but I think we need to. I mean, his save percentage in that game alone was 87%. That's not good. It should That's not getting it done. It, it should be right around the 90%, if not higher. I mean, 95% is is really ideal where it should be. So, I mean, but I, at the same time, I feel like we shouldn't just put the blame on Harrison. I mean, just overall. Oh, no, it was a team overall, loss. Overall, team overall loss. defense looked awful.
0: Yeah, I've been underwhelmed with uh, Drysdale as of recent. The Flyers took a ton of penalties in this game. I believe they had six throughout the first uh, period and a half or so. Really, um, actually, no. They had, a I think, seven or eight by the end of the second period because uh, that third goal for the Devils, power play goal, and... Um, Really, yeah, just yeah. yeah.
1: Penalty minutes uh, for the fires twelve to New Jersey's eight. I mean, that does a lot of harm to it. I, sure. I mean, you go down two nothing at the end of one. I mean, I hate to go go back to that point, but like with twelve penalty minutes in, throughout the entire game, that's you're
0: not giving yourself a chance. And and Tortorella yeah. spoke to yeah. that after the game. He he talked about that, saying that they had kind of figured their their stuff out during the first intermission. He had gotten a new game plan after seeing the Devils. And they just didn't get a chance, like they were executing it in the second period, he said, but in the second half of that period when the penalty minutes really piled up for the Flyers, uh, he said they just couldn't execute because whether it was they were a man down or they were on on four-on-four, the special teams was disrupting their game plan. They couldn't get into their flow, guys couldn't get comfortable, and they couldn't rotate their shifts like they wanted to. And you saw the result. The Flyers gave up those two late goals, Tippett, uh, you know, got one back, but... That was a wild uh, sequence toward the end of the second period there with the two jersey goals and then Tippett and then the end of the period with another Flyers penalty, by the way, uh, carrying over into the third. It was really, a you could tell, no one was able to be comfortable in the game. No one was able to settle in, uh, especially with the Devils scoring 32 seconds into the game. The Flyers never got settled and uh, never recovered. This was a, an important game for them, by the way, one where they had to be settled in and they had to be firing on all cylinders uh, because the Devils... Sitting pretty close behind the Flyers in the uh in the standings. I believe uh five points heading into the night. The Flyers had a chance to make it seven points ahead of the Devils. We're not able to come up with that W, so it turns to three points. That's a four point swing. Uh three points ahead of the Devils. I believe the Devils have one game in hand. Could you could you look up the uh the So the Flyers record?
1: have sixty five points to New Jersey sixty.
0: Oh, okay. So okay, so it's five points. So five. So I mean But the, it, uh, I think the Devils have a game in hand, right?
1: Uh yes okay that's yes. what I
0: so something to the tune of three points, um so and- it, it narrows the margin right in this you know the Flyers let, let's I, I keep having to remind myself and this is the debate I've been going through all weekend and maybe you can, uh talk me off the ledge here Josh, I've been all weekend trying to be like well that was frustrating like the Flyers are here prime position to make a playoff push, uh for the first time since 2019 when we went into the bubble and. Just how fun that was. I need playoff hockey in my life, and I need it at the Wells Fargo Center because we didn't get a chance to see the Flyers in Philly during the bubble, obviously, because everyone was up in Canada, Scotiabank Arena. But look, at the outset of the season, this was not supposed to be a playoff year. It's a rebuilding year. The Flyers have turned that on its head. The Flyers are sitting in third place in the Metropolitan Division, a good division, by the way. They're sitting ahead of teams that had high aspirations like the Islanders. The Devils had a ton of hype behind them. The Penguins, like, I know the Penguins aren't what like they used I to mean, be at all, but you're ahead of a lot of these teams. Uh,
1: yeah, and everyone's over 500 in the Metropolitan Division except for
0: Columbus. Columbus yeah. yeah, Columbus I, is terrible. And by yeah, the way, I mean, I'll get to them. I'm very upset with the NHL.
1: But, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's a tough division, and to be sitting in third place,
0: that's that's that I would consider a win. It's an accomplishment, but and, can they finish? I don't want to see them just collapse. And this is even before the trade deadline. They still have all their pieces. They they haven't traded away Lawton. They haven't traded away Walker. They haven't traded these guys yet. So,
1: And to add on to that point, you know, I'm just – it would have been a, a – a win would have done a lot for the team, but at the, at the same time, we have to almost consider, you know, obviously in the back of everyone's mind, you know, okay, what if we lose this game? What's going to happen? Nothing really much. I mean, they're still in the same spot, right around that third spot, you know, uh, New Jersey does have that game advantage, Titans yeah. five point difference. But you know, I think it puts the pressure on the Flyers to perform a little bit more. And you know, we're going to learn a lot about this team in the next couple of weeks with the playoff push coming up. And I think, you know, the Flyers, if they make the playoffs, that's a statement in itself. So I'm interested. I'm interested to see how the Flyers handle the pressure when it matters the most.
0: It would especially be a statement considering the, the Flyers are likely going to be sellers at the upcoming deadline you're not going to have Lawton. you're not going to have walker um maybe another piece on its way as well trying to rack up those draft picks uh i I don't know this is a really interesting spot where can the young guys and the young guys alone now after the deadline comes and goes carry this team maybe to a to a playoff appearance and and because that would go a huge way in getting the experience for when this team really fully is ready and matured to have playoff experience going into a a deeper run, right? Because you see it with teams that a lot of times the moment looks too big for them. I think of the 22 Mets. Not a lot of playoff experience on that team. And they flamed out with all that, you know, they had 101 wins, flamed out in the wild card round against the Padres. Uh, And across sports, you kind of need that playoff experience. And hockey is one of those especially that, I mean, the energy ratchets up so much. I'd say football is probably the least... Maybe NBA is the least different uh, from regular season to postseason. NFL that, and then hockey and baseball though. I I'm totally sorry, different atmosphere. I'm sorry to
1: cut you off, Mitch. 100%. And I know I'm gonna get really off topic. Please forgive me. Did you watch the NBA All Star game last night? No, zero. Don't I mean, care. 211 points. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. One team scored 211. 211 points. He's kidding me. I am not kidding. Who? You. I can't East re- or West? I, I can't remember, but I saw that. I'm like, 211 points. That's Everyone's getting the 100-point game here. That's unbelievable. That's that's ridiculous right there. But
0: Yeah, so I don't know where that came from. Sorry, sorry <laughs> We go with it. We go with it, right? Sorry, sorry to cut you off, <laughs> you're but good.
1: after you said NBA, it made me think of how, yeah, you're good. how boring that game was. I like
0: little footnotes like that. Yeah. But, um, you know... Hockey and baseball, I think, are the two sports where the difference from regular season atmosphere to playoff atmosphere is the greatest. You need the understanding and the the, um, experience to be able to perform well. I think it rattles players, especially a young team like the Flyers are especially going to be after they they trade a couple guys away. I really think that it's uh, important to at least make it and see what it's like. Uh, this year. Josh, any thoughts on uh, like this it, is the argument that's developing in Flyers country. Should the Flyers make the playoffs?
1: It's a young team, and I mean if they make the playoffs this year, I mean it, it's, it's going to give those young guys a lot of experience, which is not, a, it's going to help you a, a ton. But a, at the same time, I think if they do make the playoffs, it, they're not going to make a, a a far run at all. I think it's probably going to be a first, a first or a second round exit. I, I Depending don't, on the matchup, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I could I, see them beating like a – ooh, who's in the wild? So the Atlantic Division is probably going to get the two wild cards. Right now I think the top three in that division are the Bruins, Lightning, and – ooh, who is third? And Could you pull up the Atlantic Division? I know we were talking uh, Metropolitan, but – um, because the Flyers are likely going to face a uh, team from there. Could be something like the Panthers that the Flyers have to play in the playoffs. Uh, could be one of those sorts of teams. And um, I don't know. I-, I think the Flyers could have a chance. They just beat the Panthers uh, coming out of the All Star break. So you never know. I think depending on the matchup, the Flyers could make um, could make a run at the second round there. So I don't know, but that's the de- the debate developing the, in Flyers territory. For
1: the Atlantic Conference, Boston Bruins in first place. Florida is... just th- barely by the way. Oh, only by a Florida point. caught him. Yeah. Only by a point. And by
0: the way, Boston is going through an immaculate collapse right now. They uh they had a 7-game homestand which doesn't happen in hockey. That's something you hear in baseball. 7-game homestand. I think they went 1 and 6. That's I'll, unbelievable. I'll have, to, I'll
1: have to check that. Out. I I didn't
0: even know that. I think that's I think that's what I heard on the broadcast the other night. So
1: uh, Florida in second, and then Toronto, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. So you could face Tampa.
0: Uh, who's in fifth?
1: Um, in fifth?
0: Yeah. It is Detroit. Detroit. How many points Detroit got?
1: 62. Tampa yeah. Bay has 65.
0: Look at that. Okay. Yeah, so it would be one of those teams likely uh, because the Atlantic does seem stronger than the Metropolitan this uh, this season. I don't know. I, I think the Flyers could take the Red Wings. Um I don't know. It's, it's interesting. But I don't know. And also, if you have any thoughts, 610-683-4058, do you think the Flyers should uh, make the playoffs? And what does that entail? Should they keep a player like Scott Lawton? Uh, should they try and hold on to these pieces? Or another fire sale deadline, rack up the picks, and uh, really say that we're we're kind of mortgaging this season, maybe even next season, for when uh, Matt V. Mitchkoff comes up and some of these other young players come up and uh, we're ready to go um without the playoff experience what do you think so we will step aside on the other side a lot of Phillies spring training and uh and moves and extensions and everything else to talk about there's a lot going on in Phillies land and uh there's always something to be pissed off at with the Phillies. so we'll get into it right on the other side of this break i'm mitchell smedley that's josh toot you are listening to backlash don't touch that dial
1: are you busy saturday afternoons but still want to follow your favorite golden bear athletic teams look no further than KUR every saturday join sports coordinator josh two and the rest of the sports staff as they give you a live play-by-play whether it be in kutztown or anywhere throughout the state or even if you are attending the game make sure to tune in to hear live statistics as they happen as well as an inside perspective from our sports teams thank you for your support of college radio right here in berks county KUR Cutstown.
3: Ranger Station, Ranger speaking.
1: Yeah, hi. Uh, I'd like to report a bear sighting? Location. In the forest near the side of the road. No need
3: for alarm, sir. The forest is where bears live. But
1: this was no ordinary bear.
3: No ordinary bear?
1: At
0: one second I'm having a smoke taken in the view. Next thing I know I am face to face with Smokey Bear. Let
3: me guess. Smokey had a tip for you. He
0: did. He must have seen me toss my cigarette on the ground. He told me never to do that because it only takes one spark to start a wildfire. He's a
3: smart bear. Did you know that nine out of ten wildfires are caused by humans? That means nine out of ten wildfires can be prevented.
0: That's what smoke Smokey said. I had no idea.
3: That's why Smokey's famous, and you're not. Good point. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference, because 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans. Brought to you by Smokey Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires.
0: Back here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR... Backlash, taking you through this 4 o'clock hour every single Monday, talking all the best and especially the worst in Philly sports, and there's typically a lot more worst than best, unfortunately. It's the town we live in, right, Josh? Anyways, I'm Mitchell Smedley. That's Josh Toot. And uh, we just talked Flyers Stadium Series, Flyers playoff push question mark, and a little bit of Flyers trade deadline. Also, poke some fun at the Boston Bruins, who Josh fact checked me. They went two and seven on their homestand. By the way, how does anyone get a nine game homestand in hockey? That is seven. unbelievable. Seven. Oh, I thought you said they went two and seven. Two and
1: five. I, I mean, oh, two there and, you
0: go. Giving me wrong two stats. Two and five. I, <sighs>
1: oh, uh, wow. Two and five in a seven-game home. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. what I think
0: it was was they were in the process of losing when I heard that on whatever broadcast I was watching. So it was almost one and six. So I will, uh, I will stand corrected, and I will uh, fire my statistician over here. No, I'm kidding. You're safe, Josh. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We'll forgive you.
1: This but one time. A
0: seven-game homestand. That's still crazy in hockey. That never happens. You see like a three, maybe a four game homestand. That's like that's a, outrageous. That's like a baseball there. Right I know. There. It's crazy. It is absolutely insane. But let's pivot over to Philly's country. And uh, there's a lot to talk about. But we got to start off with the kind of big move. I mean, they finally did something. Whit Merrifield, you are a Philadelphia Philly. It's a one-year deal with a team option for a second year. Uh, $8 million for this year. Um... Last year, uh, he batted 272 with 11 home runs, 67 RBIs, a 318, OP, uh, a 318 OBP, I'm sorry, on base percentage, and a seven hundred OPS. So, these numbers aren't jumping off the page. What does jump off the page to me, though, is 11 home runs compared to a certain other uh, Phillies player's two home runs, one of which off a position player, Johan Rojas. And uh, that's the biggest news to me. Look, this signing is a lot of things. This signing is a utility player. This signing is a bench bat. And we can get into those topics. But most importantly for me, this signing is the Johan Rojas insurance policy. And I am just so happy that one exists because everybody knows how much my head was exploding with Johan Rojas unequivocally slotted in as the everyday center fielder for this team. In my mind, it makes so much more sense to play uh, predominantly after the first month when everyone sees, oh, Johan Rojas is actually terrible, uh, playing Merrifield in left field. That's kind of a mouthful. Uh, Merrifield in left, and Marsh out in center, who, by the way, is a good center fielder. People forget about that. But I'm ecstatic. It's, uh, you know, just $8 million. It's not too much. And it still feels like the Phillies are are maybe in the mix for, for a pitcher. It shows that they're still awake. They aren't content. They're still adding to this roster. Could not be happier. And I think we're one move away from this being an incredible offseason, right? We're We're maybe a... I don't want to get too excited, Josh, but we're maybe a Jordan Montgomery falls into their lap away. You know, here
1: was the – I am so sorry to cut you off. You're good. I I was thinking about that today. I said, can Jordan Montgomery become a Philly? He's still out there. I know. That's great training. That's why I think the Phillies are going to pick him up. I think think the Phillies are going to get him.
2: Well,
0: it's not unheard of that he's out here, especially with his agent, Scott Boris. Scott Boris has had pitchers sign – a week before the season began. So we may still have a little while to go in this saga. But the longer that not just one of them, two of them, Snell and Montgomery, are out there. Uh, and we've heard a little bit of rumblings. It could just be media posturing with uh, Scott Boris. He's very adept at all of these sorts of tactics. The Phillies are hanging around a little bit, right? And Dave yeah, Dombrowski said that it would have to be something that falls into their lap. Maybe they're lurking. and And we heard what Dave Dombrowski said. You would be shocked about how much money they offered Yoshida Yamamoto. Well, it shows that the money is willing to be spent on good pitching. Jordan Montgomery is an incredible pitcher. He's not Yamamoto level. He's not change your franchise level. He has put you over the top and, and maybe go win a World Series level. He's We can now officially compete with the Dodgers in terms of pitching staff level. I, I think it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, look at what uh, John Middleton has done in the last few years, shelling out money for Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos, Bryce Harper, of course, paying Real Muto, paying Zach Wheeler. They're going to pay Zach Wheeler again. We'll get into that in just one second. He's been shelling out the big deals. Aaron Nola, I completely forgot. Why stop now? Why stop now when you've had the taste? You were two wins away from winning the World Series, and you were one win away from getting back last year. Why stop now? This team, the window is closing because these guys are getting older. These guys are getting older. You're replenishing some youth. But the main window is is really closing. And I don't think people understand that. Real Muto's falling off. Bohm doesn't look like he's ever really going to mature into that player. Uh, you're worried about which Nick Castellanos you're getting year to year. Same with Trey Turner. We don't know what he's going to be. Uh, we got to go now. I mean, Wheeler's getting old. Nola's getting old. Rangers not going to be here forever unless they re-sign him. It's go time. Let's go get Montgomery. I've never been more in on the Montgomery thing. Then when I saw that they were still awake, added Merrifield, it's a, it's a peripheral move that could become... I've heard people say before they signed Whit Merrifield that, uh, well, it doesn't matter if they signed him or not, you're never going to be one Whit Merrifield away from the World Series. Really? I beg to differ. I seem to remember Game 7 of the NLCS with the bases loaded and two outs when Johan Rojas struck out on three pitches when a hit would have maybe put them in the World Series. You could definitely be one Whit Merrifield away. From the World Series. So, I'm happy that they added him. I'm happy we have an insurance policy. Go get me that final piece, Dave. Go get me that final piece. And then you can look at an offseason of, oh my goodness, Aaron Nola, Whit Merrifield, uh, Jordan Montgomery, and the, the peripheral uh, depth moves like like Spencer Turnbull, who, by the way, could become like the next Jeff Hoffman. I, I, I feel like Turnbull could play an important role in this season. He could be that undiscovered, uh, that little-known guy was good years ago. Injury concerns. Could be a comeback story. But, Josh, your thoughts on the uh, on the Merrifield signing?
1: Yeah, I, li- I like the Witt signing. Um, a- as much as I have praised Johan Rojas for his batting average throughout the regular season. It's not a the- fake
0: number. That is a fake number. 302. Incorrect, dude. It's such a dumb number. I hate it. He's not Fred, good. Oh, and you know, you know he's not good.
1: He's not bad. I
0: would bet my house he's not good. You don't have a house. Okay. I'm winning that bet then. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm gonna win that bet then. No We're... risk of losing. But uh, okay. But, well, but, but but Do anyway. you honestly think Johan Rojas is gonna be a good producer this year?
1: I mean he's not good, he's not bad. I, I would I I have a feeling he's probably you know, I, I was I took a step back after that conversation and said, Yeah, he's probably gonna be the next Odubo Herrera and maybe worse. Um so uh, I think this is probably the replacement for Johan Rojas. I think Whit Merrifield moves to the outfield. Johan Rojas goes down to AAA, and yeah, he'll come pro- May, he'll, come he'll, mid-May, he'll probably be the next Scott Kingery that the Phillies have. Um, so, yeah, come it,
0: mid-May, I think June, right around that June first time frame when they always make some sort of change that gets the the season up and going. Um, yeah, look for Marsh to move over to center, Merrifield in in left, but this first month or two. I'm going to be ripping my hair out watching Johan Rojas come up every two or three innings. That's going to be annoying. Um, want to switch topics here. Still in Phillies land. But Zach Wheeler and the Phillies are in talks about a potential contact, contract extension. And I use the word potential loosely. It's going to happen. It's a matter of time. Uh, it's a matter of numbers. Josh, what would you rather hear? So Zach Wheeler is in his mid-30s. What would you rather a, a short- something like a 2-year deal or something like a uh, a 2-year deal with like 40 million dollars per year plus or a sort of like a 6-year deal maybe like a 20 25 million a year plus what 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 would so, tickle your fancy So
1: neither. Neither. Okay. So, I would personally like in between the middle. So, I would want a 4 to 5 year deal.
0: Been hearing a lot of people say I that.
1: I think 2 to 3 is too little. I think 6 is too much. So, that 4 to 5 is right around where it needs to be. You know, and he, he's not getting younger. Um no one gets younger by the day. That's just how that works. Um you know, he's still doing okay. It's just a matter of time until he's not He's not going to be the pitcher he was. But at the same time, I like to remind myself that, you know, Jamie Moyer was in his 40s and still taking the Phillies to World Series.
0: He has. And, and Zach Wheeler, he doesn't have too much, like, torque. He doesn't try to, to spin too much. He has a he, fastball that will age well, I believe. And I here's why I'm arguing for the longer five to six years. Because in these next two to three, I think the two to three years ahead are the crucial ones. And... Yeah, I, I think it's fine if you sign Zach Wheeler to a short deal. The reason I want the longer deal, I'm I'm dropping the last three years of that contract. I don't care what happens in those years. Because I think the Phillies' chance for a win to, for a World Series win is the next two to three years. And it's it's kinda like the Bryce Harper Trey Turner deals. So you know there's gonna be some rough ones at the end, but I'm paying for him now, but I'm spreading the money out over a few more years so that it doesn't hit as hard on the luxury tax because I think the Phillies are still one piece away, one crucial piece away, one more contract away, uh, one free agent from actually winning the World Series. I think they they need one more piece, and I think it's a bullpen arm. I think it's an elite, elite bullpen arm. Maybe it's a Jordan Montgomery. Um, or may, Quite honestly, I think the solution, though, is, and it, it, maybe here's what the Phillies are thinking, not signing Montgomery, right? Have Painter come up next year right? Have him fill out the rotation. You have, you know, a rotation of Wheeler, Nola, Ranger, Painter. Like, that's insane. And then, uh, you know, fill in your Christopher Sanchez or your Taiwan Walker at the fifth spot. And then uh, I would go out and, and I would I would absolutely get a, a high-end reliever to pair with uh, Alvarado. I don't think Kirkland is going to be as good as they think. I think he'll be decent, but I don't think he will be the franchise changer they, they portray. And, uh, and also have Sir Anthony still back in that bullpen. I think that's the formula for success, and I think giving Wheeler a longer deal with less AAV I think is the way to go to be able to free up the money to sign that other person. Thoughts?
1: So, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned about Painter because here's my hot take on him. He's not going to be good. Wow! He, oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, that's coming out of left field. Wow! Uh, I mean, I think he's... <laughs> I think he's going to be the biggest bust the Phillies have ever seen.
0: Oh my goodness! It's like the only thing that people have ever agreed on in this city is that Andrew Painter is going to be good. Wow! What what gives you that opinion? What gives you that impression? You saw him in spring I, training last year. He's nasty.
1: I mean, I have a feel. I just don't know. I think the Tommy John is going to go really bad for his for his pitching abilities, and I have a feeling he's going to come out of it worse than he came in when he was in
0: his prime so mm. I think he's not in his prime you know he's only 22 years old
1: yeah but like when he was in like high a double a right around that when range. he was
0: 19 ah. Andrew Painter's still building as a pitcher I think he's going to be insane I think he's going to be insane
1: if he and if he does I'll be the first one to admit that I was wrong I'd rather I, I I I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong I'll say that so that's just my hot take on him yep um I I think You know, you have a fair point in saying that, you know, we're just trying to hold out some hope, um, you know, to get maybe Painter or Abel. I don't think Abel will be good
0: either. Abel, I think, is... He might be a bullpen arm. A bullpen arm, a depth starter... Something like that. I don't think Abel's going to be a, a franchise changer. I'm interested to no. see McGarry in the bullpen.
1: No. He, McGarry, no. Wow, he, okay. Raining on he, the prospect he, parade. He struggled in AAA. He couldn't even pitch there. So Let me guess.
0: You like uh, Justin Crawford, don't you?
1: 302. Get out of my face. How many stolen bases did he have? Quite a lot. Johan Rojas, 2.0. No power. No
0: power. I'd rather a guy get on base than... Hit home runs every time. I want some dingers, man. You have guys that get on base in this lineup. I need dingers. I need bombs, dude. Come well, on.
1: Well, we already have Kyle. I mean, you can only Yeah, have... Kyle's
0: only here for two more years. I think they extend him. I don't. He's. Have you seen him? Have you seen how old he is? How old he looks?
1: I, I Anyways. don't know. I, I don't know. But, but anyway. Final
0: thought before we go to break. I want to throw this out to you. Assume Painter becomes kind of good. What if? What if? In a couple, what if? In two seasons, the Phillies' starting rotation looks something like Wheeler, Montgomery, Nola, Nola, Painter, Suarez. I mean, can we have the parade already? <laughs> That's, that mean, would just be stupid. I mean, that would just be stupid.
1: Yeah, that would probably be the... the...
0: I don't think they'd lose. <laughs> okay, I'm getting carried away. Oh, man. Yeah, 162-0 and if the Phillies... Get Painter and, and uh, Montgomery into this uh, rotation. Yeah. I think we should go to break before I say anything else stupid. This is Backlash. You're listening to the Radio Voice of versus University, KUR. Don't uh, don't go anywhere. We will be right back. We're going we're gonna to have a little discussion, a few more Phillies points, and then uh, talk about spring training as a whole here. Uh, I got some thoughts on spring training, and it's uh, it stems from my love of Reese Hoskins. But we'll talk about all that <laughs> on the other side. Don't touch that dial.
2: like what you're hearing? Do you have a thought, suggestion, or idea? Well then please drop us an email at kur at kutztown.edu. We would love to hear from you. This is KUR, the radio voice of Kutztown University. Programming on KUR brought to you by the students of Cutstown University Radio. I'm Nanako Nakoi. This past week of January, the Pennsylvania Department of Education granted more than $1.4 million to 37 institutions of higher education and post-secondary education for their It's On Us movement. Included on the list was Kutztown University being granted with $40,000. The Women's Center of Kutztown University is the leading champion of the It's On Us campaign for the campus community. With funds acquired, half of it will be used for a new program and partnership with the national It's On Us office. KU Athletics will also participate in the It's On Us playbook on sexual assault prevention and healthy relationships for male student-athletes. The remainder of the funds will be used for national speakers, trainings with local partner safe Berks, support programming with new student orientation, and the administration of a new sexual assault campus climate safety. For more information on the It's On Us initiative at Custown University, contact Christine Price, director of the Women's Center and LGBTQ Plus Resource Center at price at custown.edu. We check news hourly at KUR.
0: And we're back. One final segment here of Backlash. Taking up till 5 p.m. And then after that, two hours more sports talk. Me and Jack Heim. Talking all things uh, national headlines. I'm guessing we'll get into some uh, MLB discussion as well. Uh, I think a little college hoops discussion and definitely some NHL talk as well. Jacks Islanders were in the stadium series as well. They met maybe an even more disappointing fate than the Flyers. We'll get into it. You won't want to go anywhere. But here on Backlash, uh, a couple more Phillies points to discuss. We talked about the Wheeler thing. Uh, I'm in favor of a longer contract, lower the AAV, sign me one more, maybe two more pieces. Uh, The Phillies are still a step or two away, in my opinion, from winning the World Series. And that's what it's all about, right? So let's talk about another extension situation. Josh, I'm not sure if you heard this, but Bryce Harper with eight years left on his contract wants an extension. And it doesn't make sense to me. A guy that loves this city and loves this team so much, he's kissing the jersey when he hits 300 home runs. He's, you know... Saying that he hit a home run for Chuck and Mount Airy. Like, he's doing all the things. He that... had a home run for Chuck and Mount you Airy. You didn't hear about that? Yeah. No. It's like uh, back in September, he uh, or maybe late August, it might have been the last week of August. It was like right around when we were first here uh, after the summer break. He was apparently listening to the uh, um, sports station down in Philly, WIP, and he hit a home run in, in his post game interview. Uh, they asked him something about the home run, and he said, "Yeah, I was driving in, and I heard uh, Chuck and Mount Airy call, and uh, I wanted to hit a home <laughs> run for Chuck. It, like it, all the stuff that is that the, is it doesn't happen in other places. Is with that the, is that the guy
1: that always calls into ninety four?
0: Yeah, he's very upset all the yeah, time. Yeah,
1: okay, yeah, So I know, I know
0: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean Harper, <laughs> he gets the city and he gets everything, and he's so smart and he's so awesome. Like, why is he? Why is he raising this now?" He's going to be 39 years old when his contract ends. He says he wants to play till 45. I'm sorry. I'm not signing you a six-year extension when I don't know what you're going to look like. You just went through a crazy injury. You just got Tommy John surgery, changed your position. I don't know what you're going to look like in eight years. I, I apologize, Bryce. I love you. Let's let's uh, table this discussion for a little while. Once you get down around three years, maybe, then we could talk about an extension if you're still cruising past 30 home runs a year, but... I mean, honestly... I mean, just, just pump the brakes, man. Yeah, let's calm down on this. Let's calm down a little bit. So, I don't understand where that came from. He says he wants to play till he's 45, which I love, and I would love to watch Bryce Harper for the next, you know, decade and a half. I love Bryce Harper. I wear the jersey all the time. But uh, I think it's way, way too early for extension talks, and that that... You know, he kind of did this earlier in the offseason, he mentioned it, and now he's doing it again. It's like this is a real thing that Bryce Harper wants. It's not just some conjecture. He actually is thinking about this and wanting this. Here's all I can say. Harper produces when the when the pressure's on. Maybe there's something like if he produces a certain, you know, way this year, he gets uh at least a piece of his extension. Let's light a fire under Bryce a little bit. Get some more dingers out of him. Uh that wouldn't be a bad thing, I don't think. It's hard to say no. To the guy that hit the biggest home run in franchise history, sent your team to the World Series, Bedlam at the bank. Uh, but I, I think it's too early, Bryce, and I, I think we need to uh just wait. I I want to have you here, but I just have to make sure it makes sense for the team. So that's all I got on uh on news around the Phillies. But yeah. as we mentioned, first full squad uh yeah, can I just mention... Oh, sure, you want to talk yeah, about Bryce, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah can I just uh, mention a point, because I, I saw the article myself, and I, I said to myself, w- w- what is what is he thinking? I mean, he's got eight years. I'm But, I mean, he loves the city. I mean, he doesn't want to go anywhere else. I mean, he came up through the Nationals minor league system, you know, Phillies won the sweepstakes for him, and You know, we didn't know how that was going to go for him. If he would like it here, if he would want to go somewhere else, but he loves it here. And I mean, that shows a lot about your player when he wants a six-year extension just to stay, just to stay in the city that he loves the most. I mean, I personally wouldn't sign him to that extension. But if things go well
0: this year, do you think the Phillies? You know, no, no, because you're still down around seven years left on the. No, it has to be he's continuing to just mash for the next 4 to 5 years. For me to even think about it.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. It's I, I you know, the problem is if you don't sign him now at the end of those years, do you know, do you unfortunately lose no, does another team stake in and pick no. him up? I don't think so, especially dude, if you're signing him, him 3 years. years
0: out. If you're signing him 3 years out, like it's three different off seasons that that you come to the negotiating table no, I don't think there's any way that the Phillies lose Bryce Harper. Look. The guy said at the outset when he signed his 13 million dollar or 13 year, 330 million dollar deal, he didn't want any opt-outs. He wanted to he wanted to spend his the rest of his career at Philly. He wanted to attach his name to a city. He did. And I'm all in favor of keeping you here as long as you want if you're still a good player. We don't know how that's going to go yet. He decided not to have the opt outs is my main point though he decided that he's played exceedingly well for his contract for any contract he's maybe the best player in the league <laughs> and i don't know i don't think it's fair to the organization to put him under this this heat from him from the fans cuz it's going to start you know people are going to be like sign Bryce sign Bryce remember what they did with real muto with the pandemic crew outside the stadium Sign JT chance all over. Um I don't want to have to deal with that for eight years. I don't I don't think the Phillies need that that cloud around them. So in my opinion, it's a it's a weird thing for Bryce to be doing. Weird thing, eight years out. So and and look, I understand he just wants to secure his his worth, his money, all that stuff. I get that, but it just doesn't make sense for a guy it, that's done everything else so right. This feels like a weird misstep.
1: It just came out of the blue, yeah, it was, doesn't it make was, me
0: mad at Bryce, but it, it's, it's like, why? Why are you doing that? Yeah. What's going on?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely you know a couple follow up questions need to be asked. To as, you know, hey, hey, why? What? 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 What do you want to get out of this extension? I mean. If you want to come back and you're still hitting the ball really well, you're still, you know, one of the solid first basemen. Year in, year out if he's still crushing the ball. And, I mean, I think the move to first base was actually a really good idea. I mean, he has the, you know, the physical build of a first baseman. He's a tall, long arms, long legs to, you know, get that stretch.
0: Yeah, and I like that it keeps him – this is a weird thing. I like that it keeps him closer to the game. Yes. Like he's more on top of, like, the fans and he's more – on top of like all the action in the infield and the pitcher and the the batters, and talking with the the opposing team at first base, like I don't know, I, I feel mean, can, like that is good for Harper.
1: I mean, can we just talk about how solid this infield really is? Now you got JT behind the plate. Well, you JT's got, falling off, but I I mean I I don't think I think he I think he'll be all right. Still, just, just still hard, an above average catcher, but just, he's
0: not JT. He's he's JT. Like he's good, but he's not elite anymore. I don't think.
1: Uh, yeah, it, and then anyway, you go around the horn. It's it's JT Bryce. Bryson, Trey, and Alec. Alec. I mean, that's a that's a solid infield, right? Really, there. it is.
0: And the outfield needs some work, but we'll get there. So, yeah. Any other thoughts on on Bryce Harper?
1: You know, you know, I the day that they signed Bryce, I thought it was probably the best move the Phillies ever made. I remember I, that day. I I remember that day as well when he put on the Phillies jersey down in Clearwater, and I I knew that that was going to be the best move the Phillies ever made. And that really kicked off, you know, the Phillies getting back to what they really used to be back in 2008, 2009, of 2010. Of course. Right around those years. and
0: It was the move. It, it was the it, thing.
1: It was – it It finally put the Phillies back on the map.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, remember that they got the first Sunday night baseball game of that year against the Braves. They completed a sweep. Harper hit his second home run of the year.
1: I mean – and. Just something about him. the You know, what he does for this town is—not the town, but the what he does for the city. I mean, he he's bringing people that, you know, weren't interested in baseball for a while just because of how bad the Phillies were. You know, he's he's making them fans again just because of all the hype around him. And not, and not just him, but the whole team itself.
0: Yeah, well, they've built around him. And one other thing I'll add to that. The last time Bryce Harper played a full season—because he's been incredible— in these increment seasons he's had, right, in the post-seasons especially. Um, the last time Bryce Harper played a full season was 2021, and the Phillies had an abysmal year that year, right? They collapsed again. They were in first place during August, and they they collapsed. Bryce Harper won the MVP. So I, I it's probably the thing I'm most excited for this season is to see a full season, hopefully, knock on wood, of, of a, a full season of Bryce Harper. But before we talk more wide-lensed about spring training, send it over to Josh for KUR Notebook.
1: So this is a KUR notebook from the KUR notebook attention KU community. All Kutztown University departments sending out small or large mailings will now need to be filed through mail services. The United States Postal Service is no longer accepting paperwork for mailings. Everything will need to be entered electronically by mail services and mail services will need a detailed copy of all paperwork for mailings. Mailings that are dropped off at any post office without contacting mail services will be delayed or returned to Kutztown University. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. I figured we'd switch it up a little bit with the KUR Notebooks. That's one.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't even know that myself. So Look at Josh Hel- helping not pe- falling asleep at the wheel. Helping people out. Nice. Appreciate it. So, as we've mentioned a few times now, first full squad uh, workouts, down in Clearwater – Games will begin uh, this Saturday, I believe, the 24th, and uh, that's exciting. Over a month, uh, spring training, and I think that's too long. I think it's too long. I think it leaves too much risk of injury, especially for players, probably the most fragile player in sports, pitchers, major league pitchers, firing 100 miles an hour, uh, putting unnecessary uh, work on them in in games and games. I understand the practice, and I understand that you need that. I think spring training should be shortened a little bit. How how much? I would take off a week or two.
1: Maybe a week, but I feel like if you took
0: off that second week, you wouldn't be nearly as prepared. What's to stop them keeping like pitchers and catchers down there? I understand like this sounds kind of stupid, but I think what if we allow for a slower ramp-up, right? Why do we have to go pitchers and catchers for one week, and then full squad for one week, and then right into games. Like, why can't we? Uh, I don't know. I I, I, guess. I, understand you want to get guys at-bats, but for I, every at-bat, you have to have a pitcher pitching. And we saw what happened to Andrew Painter last year. Frustrated me. Frustrated me. Andrew Painter and Reese Hoskins, injured whole season. Andrew Painter, two seasons. Like, that, it's so frustrating. Do you know how good? The Phillies could have won the World Series if those two guys didn't get hurt. I understand injuries are a part of sports, and I'm just yelling at clouds right now. And the Reese thing was a freak accident. The Painter thing, he's a young guy. He was 19. Trying to prove himself. I think it... I don't know. I think spring training could be remodeled a little bit. I think at least teams need to be smarter, not overuse the innings on guys. Like, you see what the Phillies do in the regular season with Zach Wheeler? Where they, uh, you know, have six starters for a few weeks to give him a rest. They maybe... Uh, he's... Like out with some lower back injury or something like minor. They take him out for a start or two, give him a two week break. Why aren't we being smart about the innings ahead of the season as well? I don't understand it. I know there's not as many of them. Zach Wheeler is going to be Zach Wheeler. He's gonna be fine pitching. I, I think that teams need to relax on the uh on the spring training thing. I can't watch I, my pitchers get hurt anymore.
1: I get where you're coming from. I really do. Um I, I think, you know, more of that gradual um, introduction back into spring training would be bene- more beneficial. than, But I, I think one of the things that the Phillies do really well is Rob Thompson, you know, I, I, I'll i give him a lot of credit for this. You know, he's one of those guys that, that gets this, and he hasn't done a bad job nor a great job. He's kind of been good at this, better than most teams. You know, you know, figuring out when when those guys need that rest during spring training, when they can go, and I, I remember the Phillies did a video on on this, and they and Rob Thompson thinks of it as a puzzle, and he, you know, when guys need the rest, when guys need to pitch, and I, I think you know, unfortunately, injuries are going to happen. I mean, let's be honest, you could get injured crossing the street. That's just life. But you know, I I think maybe taking off that week and having everyone report on the same day, I feel like it would be a good idea, but the problem is how much it would would there be enough personnel, when I say personnel, I mean coaches, to give everyone equal attention on day
0: one. I don't know how you, how you logistically sort it out, but I think it needs to be shortened at least a little bit. For pitchers, it's a month and a half. They got down there on the 14th. They're not playing until March 28th. Six weeks seems a little uh, excessive in my opinion. So maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm usually wrong. But uh, like, remember last year, here's something I want to point out. Here's something I want to point out. The Phillies were not at full strength until August of last year. And they were healthy for two months plus the playoffs. I mean, how dominant were they in that two-month span, right? Before August, you had Bryce Harper... Uh, hurt, and then not at full strength. You had Trey Turner just looking completely lost. Uh, You had Ranger Suarez hurt until, I believe, June. Uh, And then you had Andrew Painter and Reese Hoskins obviously out for the season. Like, the Phillies actually, you know, they were at their eventual full strength, but we never got to see what the full 2023 Phillies could look like. And that doesn't sit with me. That doesn't sit well with me whatsoever. And, And then you throw in the minor injuries, uh the, the Paches, the Derek Halls, um, guys like that that got hurt throughout the season. Alvarado got hurt uh in Alvarado's
1: May. Alvarado's always getting hurt, though. And every year he's experiencing some type of injury. That's that's the one negative about that guy. He's a great pitcher, just gets hurt every year. It's the same story over and over and over. I feel over like Sir, Anthony over.
0: Sir Anthony was hurt last year as well. Well,
1: yeah, the, those two for some reason always get hurt.
0: I don't know yeah, why. That's yeah, why, that's the main reason I want another bullpen arm is because I don't feel like this bullpen is particularly healthy. At and any Sir Anthony
1: point. is very overrated. He's not, he's not that.
0: Really? He's not that. I think he goes up and down. I think we could be in for a good, uh, Sir Anthony year after his struggles. Maybe,
1: maybe, but I mean, you know, when he's not on his game, it's really bad. I well, mean, when
0: he's not on his game, it's three wild pitches in the same inning, giving the Padres the go ahead run before bedlam at the bank. That was a rough outing for him. People forget about that. Could you imagine how awful that would have been if they lost that game and then went and lost the two games in, in San Diego? I mean, he would have been credited with the collapse oh, with his okay. three wild pitches in that uh, oh, yeah. seventh inning.
1: No doubt about it. It but... was
0: crazy. People, forget, I was in the dining hall
1: when that happened. You know, talking about crazy. Talking about though that pitchers, you know, and and some of the not so good ones. Thank God, Craig Kimbrell's gone. But, <laughs> I can't. That's uh... a
0: you know that is a fantastic way to end this. Show. <laughs> that is maybe <laughs> the perfect thing to ever say to me to end this show today, Josh. That was. That was really miraculous. Yes, we can all rejoice in the fact that Craig Kimbrel is not with the Phillies. <laughs> He's with the Orioles, who have World God Series aspirations. Them. Oh, man, Lord save the Orioles, man. Uh, Craig Kimbrel, have fun down there, buddy. But thank you so much for tuning in to this hour of Backlash with me, your host Mitchell Smedley, Josh Toot, producing today. Great to be with you once again. I'll be with you for the next two hours with Jack Heim coming in. we got heavy hitters coming up, so stay tuned for that. And uh, for Backlash, though, I'll see you next week. We'll have uh, a whole hodgepodge of things to argue about, as we always do. There's always someone to be pissed off at in Philadelphia sports. I will see you Monday at 4, same time, same place. Radio Voice at Kutztown University, KUR.